The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. When you ask a vegan if they have any regrets, almost every time you're going to hear, I wish I'd done it sooner. But some of us needed stops and starts. They say that smokers who eventually quit tried nine times before they were successful. Then there are other people who, on their road to being vegan, strategically let go of one item or one group of animals at a time. They'll stop eating land animals, then fishes, then eggs, liquid milk, and eventually cheese. Psychologists, interestingly enough, say that this is the more reliable route to take. But there are some remarkable folks who see a documentary or get a diagnosis, and that's it. They're off animal products and maybe some other questionable indulgences right off the bat. And we are going to be meeting two of them today, one man and one woman who went cold tofu. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan program. I am your host, Victoria Moran. I did not go cold tofu. It took me years to get from vegetarian to vegan, but uh, finally made it back in 1983. And this is not only another century. It is a brand new day. Things have sped up. After the break, we're going to be talking with a former Wall Street money manager who hit it big for his health when he went literally overnight on a whole food plant-based diet. And we're going to be opening with somebody that I am just crazy about. She is the vegan yogi, 
Ann Redinger. She lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and she is a foodie, the mother of four, a Main Street vegan certified vegan lifestyle coach and educator, and a committed yogini and yoga instructor. You can find her at www.theveganyogi.kitchen or on Facebook as The Vegan Yogi or on Instagram, theveganyogi.kitchen kitchen. Welcome, Anne. Hi, Victoria. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Well, it's wonderful to be talking with you because I know that you weren't even looking at going vegan when you went vegan. What happened? Not at all. So I had a few extra pounds that I was carrying around from baby weight and I was, it was in January, and I was thinking, like, you know, everybody goes on these diets in January, so what a perfect time to try the ketogenic diet. So I went out, and I got all these recipes, I got all the cookbooks, and I was really, I mean, it's, it's yummy to eat that way, lots of meat, lots of cheese, really decadent food. And um, towards the end of the month, still not feeling like super hot on that diet, um, I sat down to watch a documentary, like you said, and I think it was either What the Health or um, Forks Over Knives. I can't remember which one really was the starting uh, point there, but... Um, my husband and I watched it, and as soon as it was over, he said, that's what we need to do starting tomorrow. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I just went grocery shopping today. My refrigerator is stocked full of, like, all these recipes that I had cream cheese, um, blocks of cheese, shredded cheese. I had bacon. I had I had it all in my fridge. And... Um, I was like, let's just cook through all this, and then we'll start. I think a lot of people do that. They think like, oh, well, I'll just eat up all the cheese that I have in my fridge, and then I won't, be, then I won't buy cheese anymore or something like that. Um, but he was like, no, let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> so the next day, um, I opened my fridge, and I was like, what am I doing <laughs> Um, so that day I made my first vegan dinner, um, and it was just something really simple, like a spinach salad with like strawberries and some kind of balsamic vinaigrette and nuts. And, um, but I made it as fancy and delicious as I could. Um, and that was just really my starting off point. Um, all the meat and cheese that was in my refrigerator, I remember like handing out to friends, like we'd have people over and I'd be like, Hey, do you have bagels at home? You want some cream cheese? I've got tons of it. <laughs> so it really was an overnight thing. And so obviously it was a health thing since those were the films that you had watched. But I know now you're very much an ethical vegan. You have some rescued animals. How did that piece enter in? Well, um, it was all um, correlated to health. We, um, I was diagnosed with MS a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago. Um, and since being vegan, you know, that, that was one thing that really uh, pulled me towards that. When you hear about all the um, 
benefits of the non-inflammatory um, to your body and just, you know, how much better how much better you are with your energy and all the all the all the benefits that come from it. Um, I really wanted to try that out. So uh, not only did I lose the baby weight, um, but I also gained so much energy um, and just just really found improvement in my health overall. Um, and funny, but probably about three months or so into being vegan. Uh, my teenage son came home and told about how he had a friend that had just gotten a pet mini pig, uh, and they thought it was so funny that this pig was living in this kid's apartment, and I've often had chickens in the yard, and something inside said, you know, I bet I'm going to end up with this pig in my yard running around with these chickens, and sure enough, about a month later, he comes to me and says, Mom, he doesn't want this pet pig anymore in his apartment. So the pet pig came to live in my backyard. I hear this story all the time about so-called mini pigs because there is no such thing as a mini pig. No. He, I mean, there, he, are, he, there are pigs that aren't a 1,000 pounds, but <laughs> tell us about your pig. So his name is Kevin. Um, they called, they named him Kevin, uh, after Kevin Bacon. They thought it was hilarious. Um, but Kevin will never be bacon. Um, he is a wonderful little guy, not little anymore. He was really little. It's funny. I was looking back on some pictures and when I first got him, he was actually smaller than my chicken. And now he's probably 250 pounds. <laughs> Oh. He is a big guy, uh, and he, I mean, we all love him and adore him. He is a spoiled pig. And probably an Esther the Wonder Pig fan. Oh, yes, we are. Speaking speaking out for pigs everywhere. Yes, so, and I didn't, I never had the, um, I guess, I never really thought so much about how, interesting it was that I had a pig as a vegan starting out really until um, learning so much about the factory farming and all that goes into it. I think it's that's just a huge part that non-vegans really fail to uh, see in their in the food culture that we have that it's really there's a veil over that that um, we don't we don't know about until you do and once you do, now when I walk out and I see Kevin, it's it's just a completely different feeling to know that he's got relatives all over that are not living not living the life that he gets to. It's... Yes. And is there interaction between Kevin and do you have just one chicken now? Yes, we have one chicken and they are besties. They uh hang out together. <laughs> they really do. They really are companions. Um, they, if, when we go out to feed them, they both, uh, you know, run over and eat together. They hang out together. They, they, uh, forage through all the dirt in the yard together. They, they are buddies. Oh, that's so cool. So you have four children and what are their ages? 
I have a 19-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 5-year-old. Wow. So when you made this change, how did this work with the kids? Well, it's not, um, I think with my oldest, he is, he was not very open to it. Still, he's kind of, you know, oh, that vegan foods, you know, it's not good. I'm, I'm going to go make a steak. <laughs> and he, he always loves to point that out to me, um, which, you know, he's 19. I'll let it, I'll let it slide. Um, but my other children, they're definitely more compassionate about it, and they, uh, they, they're very open to it. They don't eat meat anymore. I will say that they do occasionally have cheese, um, but it's you know I, I let them uh, like if we're at a restaurant or something, I'll let them order what they want to. I give them that that choice, um, but they they definitely know. They know all the, uh, all, they don't have the veil in front of their eyes, we'll say, <laughs> as far as where their food comes from. So yeah, I think that that's when a, they do, a wonderful, wonderful way to grow up when, you know, you know the so truth. When they, do, when they do have these, um, you know, when they do have cheese or something, they, I think they, they look at it as uh, differently and they, they kind of um, value it differently, you know? Yes. And I think it's important to, to give kids choices because nobody wants to stay with anything in adulthood that they were forced into as children. Right. So it's interesting how, how we all make our way with that as parents and more and more people um, who, who were the kids <laughs> growing up with the vegetarian or vegan parents. Now, you were a yogi before all this and we know that traditionally yoga is vegetarian but it seems like these days people can get very involved in yoga and not even see that part or think that it's just optional tell us your journey there well i've been practicing yoga for many years now um and i i did my yoga certification during the pandemic, because, you know, that sounded like something fun to do, um, to take up some of my time at home. But I feel like with being vegan and yoga, I'd, I'd been doing yoga for years as part of a workout routine. But something about, I, I noticed when I became vegan, it almost, there's like this clarity um, that you didn't know that you were missing in a way. Um, and I feel like, you know, it was almost like there was this burden that had been lifted that I didn't even know was there. Uh, and when I did my certification and you learn about the different branches of yoga and when learning about ahimsa and the nonviolence, it kind of clicked that, you know, my, I'm not having any violence that's going into me anymore. It's kind of, um, just this clarity that um, for yoga, and this is just me personally, but I feel like it went from being more of a workout to more of an actual flow of energy in my body um, and really, really just more of a balance. Um, being able to just enjoy the practice more is, and being able to meditate more, um, it just, it really changed it for me. 
That's absolutely fascinating because I think so many people are coming to that. I'm feeling like just uh, among our graduates of Main Street Vegan Academy, of which you are one, we almost need a, a little uh, vegan yogis uh, subgroup just because the, the two go together so well. I, I want my next book to be about yoga. It's called Age Like a Yogi. And I've been told by a couple of people in the business, well, you know, your platform is vegan, not yoga, mm -hmm. even though I've been vegan 37 years, yoga 53 years, that doesn't count. But what, what I say back is, but the basis of both are identical. Vegans are vegans because of ahimsa, this idea of nonviolence and reverence for life. Even if the vegan has never heard that word, that's still there. And yoga is the first moral precept is ahimsa. So I think they're the same thing and they go very much hand in glove. And I would really recommend that listeners check out your website and the veganyogi.kitchen if for no other reason than this fabulous uh, portrait of you and Kevin. Kevin, the not so mini pig. That's a beautiful, oh. beautiful photograph. And then uh, you talk about the services you do, both in, in yoga and vegan. So tell us how you work with clients. What's that like? Um, well, with, with yoga, um, most of my clients are uh, prenatal um, or postnatal. Um, I find that doing yoga, uh, since I have MS, um, I've always really strived to make my yoga practice around balance and core strength um, just to keep myself as strong as possible. And I have found that that's something that really clicks um, with, with mothers as well, especially new mothers, um, that maybe they don't have the confidence to, to get back in the gym or something like that, um, that really working with them kind of on a one-on-one -on -one setting to really work on getting those, you know, hip muscles, all that kind of stuff back in shape because having a baby is really traumatic on the body. Um, but then as far as vegan coaching, I love to just take a really personal approach with that um, to really see what is inside of my clients' refrigerators and what is in their pantries, really get a feel for what you're eating and a lot of people kind of, I've noticed, get embarrassed about this, that maybe they have meat in their fridge that they don't want me to see, or maybe they've got a lot of junk food in their pantry. Um, but it's really about getting to know what foods you already eat, because it's a huge change to become vegan, especially overnight. Um, but even gradually, it's, it's a big change. And when it comes to food, people don't like to change. People don't like to change their food, especially because it's something that we find comfort in. So really getting in there and seeing what you eat and finding out what recipes you already cook, the kinds of things you already shop for, and coming to a, a meal plan and finding recipes together that really mirror what you're already eating, but in a plant-based lifestyle, um, I find really has success with people. 
Yeah, that's so cool. And I think we also want to let people know that you are as well a a cancer survivor, cancer thriver. And and sometimes people who have dealt with that or are dealing with that, uh, like working with a coach who has had that experience. So um, tell us a little bit about your experience at Main Street Vegan Academy. I know you were, I think you were our first uh, online class, our first Zoom class. We'd always been in person and people had to get themselves to New York City and so on and so forth. And now we're on Zoom and it's still live and we're together in fact one of the cutest things i know after your class one of your classmates drove down to louisville from chicago to meet you and kevin and yeah so that that really let me know that the magic is transferable so what was that like for you taking the course it was so awesome, Victoria. I can't tell you how much I learned from your course and just just how much I gained. It was it was amazing. Um, all the different people that you had come on to speak with us, um, just so much knowledge. You know, like I said, I think beforehand I'd really just read all the health benefits um, about the vegan diet and when I took your course, it, you know, it, it not only deepened my knowledge for that, but it really opened my eyes to the animal welfare um, that, again, I, I guess I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't want that veil taken <laughs> down. You know, I live here in Kentucky where we have amazing farmers. We have amazing restaurants. Louisville is known for its awesome food and foodie culture. We have some of the best restaurants in the nation here. Um, And along with that, we have some of the best farmers, um, including, you know, the the beef farmers, all these farmers, they're good people. Um, But learning how these animals, you know, the lives that they end up having to live so short, uh, it, it just, it really... It really opened a lot for me. Yeah. And I have to remind myself sometimes, because I'm a little bit in the vegan bubble. I mean, I'm working in this world and I'm around a lot of vegans. You know, every morning my husband gets the vegan news services. And so he filters to me, what has happened in the world today (laughs) in the vegan and plant-based space? And I forget that we're still very much a minority. And then whenever I am talking to somebody for whom this is new, it's always first a a little bit of a shock. Like, wait, wait a minute. You really, really don't know why a vegan wouldn't want to have eggs or dairy. And then I remember, oh, yeah, you know, they, they don't tell you in school that a cow has to give birth to a calf in order to make milk. You know, the idea that women and cats have to do that, this is very different. You know, cows cows just make it. Well, no, they don't. And then you find out these things along with the, all the cru- cruelty that is involved. And it's a shock. And I think some people need to deny it for a while. They need to just like, no, no. Uh, maybe some of the animal products, you know, are, are gotten that way, but not the ones that I would buy. No, mm-hmm. I, I buy the good ones. 
and it just takes some time for some people, not you and your husband, <laughs> but other yeah. people, to, to make this happen. So in our last few minutes here, Anne, tell me about the future, yours as a, a yoga teacher and a vegan lifestyle coach, and uh, the world. What do you see in five years? Well, um, really, I, I want to change the world and make us all vegan. <laughs> so um, I would love to reach as many people as possible to get them on the right track. Um, but I also really, you know, having Kevin uh, and Peggy, don't forget about her, um, the chicken, just having them um, – you know, and, and seeing Kevin every day and, and learning all about the, the animal welfare aspect, uh, it really makes me want to, in the future, have an animal sanctuary. Um, and living here in Kentucky with all these beautiful farms, I would love to have a place that, um, you know, if a, if a farmer just doesn't want to, you know, maybe changes their mind or, or has has a cow or a pig that they feel a little, maybe just something for, that they can have someplace that they, they would know that that animal has a good life. Oh, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful plan. I started to say dream, but knowing you even a little bit, and then also knowing the reality of where you are and how possible that is, it's like, no, that's not a dream. That's a plan. It's so. a plan. <laughs> Very, very cool. So I guess what I look forward to, Anne, is the day when it's very normal for people to watch a film like you guys did and say, oh, I'm done. And I think it's much more like that than it used to be. I think there's still a little bit of, oh, but don't you need XYZ extracted nutrient or I don't know. Nobody in my family has ever done this before. So I think we second guess ourselves. I wonder if there's a way that some of the yoga teachings, some of the mental and spiritual teachings can help make that go a little faster. What do you think? I think all of your um, vegan uh, certified trainers that you have out there, <laughs> lifestyle coaches, I think that, um, you know, if, if anyone ever needs help, that they should reach out to one of them because um, they've, they've got the tools to get you they on the They do right indeed, track. and they're so cool. And I used to think that my graduates were so incredibly spectacular because they all had the nerve to come to New York City and walk into this woman's home <laughs> that they'd never met <laughs> and take this course but now that I've done it, I guess we've had three Zoom classes. It's like, no, you guys are just as cool as the people who got in an airplane. I think there's just something about really believing in this way of life that makes somebody special. Do you have a last word for us? Oh, my gosh. I want to come to New York. Um, I'll come into your apartment. Let's go eat some vegan food. <laughs> yeah, let's do. And you know what's interesting We've lost so many of our classic vegan restaurants here with the pandemic, but we've oh. gotten so many new ones. It's just people have yeah. so much courage to go out and start new things, as do well, and you. And Redinger, of... the vegan yogi dot kitchen. 
Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Take good care. And everybody else, stay with us. We're going to hear from Daniel Sherman, cold tofu person. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. What a pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, If you are new or just if you haven't visited in a while, I do want to invite you to my website, MainStreetVegan.net. You can learn there about Main Street Vegan Academy. I know my last guest was a, a graduate, and so we talked a little bit about that. That's also where you'll find the show notes for this very podcast and all the others. So if you want to find out more about any of our guests and how to reach out to them, all of those URLs that you weren't able to write down because you're driving your car or riding your bicycle or (laughs) whatever it is people do as we listen to podcasts. I feel like I'm listening to something all the time. I'm one of those strange people that's always wearing a headset. But as long as we're listening to good stuff and changing the world, you know what? We are right on time, doing fine. And a little shout out to somebody else who is just doing everything right. That is our wonderful sponsor, the good people of Compliment. This is a very small group of supplements because when you're eating whole plant foods, you don't need a whole lot of outside help. But the consensus is that you might need some, certainly B12, maybe vitamin D, maybe some omega-3 fatty acids. And all of those great folks at Compliment, Matt Frazier, the No Meat Athlete, uh, PhD dietitian Pamela Ferguson and Dr. Joel Kahn, MD, have gotten together to create just those supplements that complement this wonderful way of eating. So if you'd like to check that out, their website is lovecompliment.com. And if you put Main Street in all capital letters in the discount box, you can save yourself some money. Okay, now let's save ourselves any more to do and meet our second cold tofu person today. And he is Daniel Sherman, a native New Yorker, former money manager. He went plant-based four years ago after Wall Street burnout. And he's now happily a jack-of-all-trades, a marathon runner, 
tennis pro, ocean lifeguard, plant-based advocate who's been working on the Eric Adams uh, for Mayor campaign. You've heard Eric Adams twice on this program. He's a plant-based guy. And actually, uh, Daniel and I met at uh, a gathering uh, uh, celebrating Mr. Adams. So now we're meeting again on this broadcast. Welcome, Daniel Sherman. Uh, hi, Victoria. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful, wonderful to have you. Thank, thanks for being here. So how did it start for you? How did you learn about a plant-based diet? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was, it's about a four years ago, um, I was, uh, yeah, I just left my job at Wall Street, which, um, you know, had a great situation, a really, really great firm, and um, but just wasn't taking care of myself, you know, type A personality and um, you know, fueling my long hours with coffee and Adderall for my ADD and, <laughs> and uh, you know, eating garbage when I'd get home and just, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. And, um, you know, I eventually just, uh, you know, I've been neglecting myself so much that I just, like, you know, burned out, you know, classic burnout. I didn't know what burnout was until I'd actually gone through it. So uh, after some long conversations with my boss, they, uh, you know, agreed to the way it works in wealth management. If you leave, they'll write you a check if you promise to not take the business away. <laughs> um, so I did that, and um, but I had really no plan after that. I just knew that I needed a change. And um, so I was spending time, um, actually October, four years ago, in the off-season. My family has a uh, beach house out on Fire Island, which... For those who might not know, like in the off season, especially during like the weekdays, Fire Island is like empty, so it's like a ghost town. And a good friend of mine came out to visit, who comes out, you know, most weekends with his son, and uh, he looked pretty good. And you know, he was I could notice he was like getting up earlier and had a lot of energy. And I said, you know, what, you know, what's going on? I hadn't seen him in a while. And he said, you know, I just got back from this college reunion, and uh, this guy who I knew. This, Spencer is his name, uh, he was at the reunion, and he was, like, way ahead of us. Like, he looked like the youngest 45-year-old I've ever seen, and he was, like, doing great. And um, so I asked him what he was doing, and he had just read um, Rip Vesselson's Engine 2 Diet, and he had been basically, you know, switched to a whole food plant-based diet. And so my friend Eric, the one that was visiting, uh, had a month prior, you know, to visiting, like, made the switch himself, and he was already feeling the effects. So um, I just decided that, like, maybe it was time to do something radical, like uh, take care of myself and start eating rice and beans. I, you know, I'm kind of a nerd, so I did a bunch of research, and, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, thought maybe it was time to, to just, like, make a, make a big switch. So I just, in one day dumped the milk down the sink, threw all the, you know, animal products in the garbage, took my last couple of Adderall pills, like threw them in the garbage, got rid of the coffee, everything, and just switched all in one day. And um, it was, you know, a radical, you know, sensation. You know, the first week or two, uh, you know, I was, you know, there was a full-on withdrawal. Like I was not feeling great. I was getting headaches. I was sleeping a lot. Um you know, I was irritable. Um, I even got like a rash, like uh, below my left pec, which it turned out later I found out was like a detox rash. Um, I had one friend out there who I could play tennis with, 
and uh, my behavior was just atrocious. Like on the tennis court, I'm I'm winning, I'm throwing my racket, I'm yelling at airplanes and birds, and why are these airplanes flying over while I'm trying to serve? And my friend's like, uh, it's always like that. It's been like that since we were kids. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was just so, um, you know, but I, I stayed with it. And after about two or three weeks, um, I started, you know, getting these bursts of energy and feeling better and better. And, um, you know, I just, uh, within a month, you know, I just, uh, I just all of a sudden felt incredible. And I, you know, when you stop taking stimulants like caffeine and Adderall, you should be gaining weight. Instead, I lost like one to two pounds a week, nice and steady, until, you know, Two, three months later, I was, like, right around my college weight. And, uh, you know, I just sort of never looked back. I just kept kept with it and then, uh, you know, started doing more research. And then I read Rich Roll's book, Finding Ultra, and realized that I wasn't totally insane. <laughs> this, this has been done before, and this is a thing. And, uh, yeah, and I started, like, running on the beach and running, you know, training from, you know, half marathons. And eventually in 2018... 2019, I ran, uh, you know, the New York Marathon, and uh, it's just been a it's just been a great journey for me. You know, it's it's and it's um, it's uh, continued on. You know, and here I am. That is really exciting. Now, my question always when I hear a story similar to yours is, and, and I understand your friend had read Rip Esselstyn's book, and yet it just seems like there's so much information out there. Now, you could have done keto or paleo or some other O, but somehow this sparked an interest. Now, for me, having been around this for a really long time and gotten in as an ethical vegetarian early, early on, to just hear about it from the health point of view, I'm not sure I could have done it because I think all these other kinds of diets and ideas would have been competing in my head. Did you have any of that? That's like such an interesting question. Uh, in fact, when I started out at my second firm, the one that I left in Wall Street, I right when I got there, uh, I had a roommate uh, in, in my place in Brooklyn, and his uh, girlfriend, it's so funny, his girlfriend was, I'm not going to mention her name, but she's no longer vegan, but uh, she was like a very well-known vegan chef, great, really cool person. So this was like literally... You know, she was, you know, staying at our apartment. She, we were friends. Like, it was just like literally right in my living room, like a, <laughs> a healthy, you know, long vegan, and I just didn't see it. Uh, I remember saying to her at one point, I even said, you know, I could never do that. I need protein. <laughs> um, and so I actually did try a, sort of a form of the keto diet. This is like way back. This is like in my early 40s. Um, which was like a, it's called like the slow carb. It's similar to keto. It puts you in ketosis. It's basically a keto diet where you're where you're allowed to eat vegetables and beans. Um, uh, and uh, I figured, well, you're eating vegetables and beans. How bad could it be? And uh, I did lose weight, but I never really felt great, and I felt sick. And in retrospect, I think it's triggered my depression, anxiety, because it's so inflammatory. So I actually stuck with that for a year. Um, but it's 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 not uh, sustainable, you know. I felt starting feel started to feel sick all the time, and yeah, I kind of looked okay, but it just it just wasn't right. And then I started waking up on like Sunday mornings with these dreams that I was about to eat a giant stack of blueberry pancakes, 
<laughs> and um, you know, I was like, my body's telling me something. This is this isn't this isn't working. So then I just went back to my regular awful standard American diet after that. Um, so I had I had tried. I guess I have a propensity to experiment, like to be like a human guinea pig. But deep down, I always knew that this, you know, something plant-based or vegan, I really didn't know how to articulate it in my mind, was probably was going to be the end game for me. I had had a football coach uh, in high school named Lecky, uh, Lecky Haller, who was a great guy, big dude with like a Fu Manchu mustache. He was also an Olympic kayaker, and uh, he, was, he was vegetarian, and but he was I think he might not have even I think he might have eaten a little bit of eggs, but he was basically a very plant based person. And this is like in the nineties. So I already had it in my mind that, you know, vegans and vegetarians were not um necessarily skinny little, you know, marathon runner type. Like you could be a big strong manly man, you know, with uh you know, eating that way. So um the seed had been planted, I guess, a long time ago. Um, but I just think that I wasn't ready because I think that a lot of these meat products and a lot of these heavily calorically dense products, it becomes sort of a low-grade addiction. So I think it's very easy to talk yourself out of it. Mm. Well, and this is interesting because even though we're talking about the overnight success, there's always a buildup <laughs> that leads to that. And we do have a caller, I believe. Um, Jeff, is Stacy ready to talk to us? I am here. Hi, this is hey, Stacey. Hey, Stacey. How are you doing? Hi, Victoria. I'm well, you beautiful thing. Uh, now, this is Dr. Stacy Anderson uh, calling us from out in, uh, is it Washington State? Uh, no, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. You're in the San Francisco. I knew you were somewhere we're, in the Pacific time fire. zone. So, yeah. uh, how are you doing and uh, what do you want to talk about? I'm well. Hi, Dan. Um, How are you? Having the, I'm very well, thank you. And it seems you are as well. Um, I have to thank you for coming on the show and, and telling your story. Um, because one of the things I'm thinking as I'm listening to you is that you are giving us uh, a different way of defining success. Right? So you were, you know, the big... Wall Street mogul, um, and what you have done is create a healthy, holistic life for yourself in a way that, I mean, just defines success for me. So congratulations to you. Yeah, thanks. Now, I think that's really well said. I mean, I think that when you, there were it's a lot of changes, and, um, you know, just it's not just about what's on your plate. You know, it's, it, it was about a, a changing the entire lifestyle and sort of reimagining what, you know, as you say, success is or what like a fulfilling life is. And, um, yeah, and it, it's a lot of work, but it's uh, I, it, all along you sort of, I knew I was on the right path and, you know, it's still going in a way I'm just getting started, but um, that's very, in a very astute observation. So that is definitely what is what was going on. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the the fact that um you had this um temporary kind of discomfort that went along with with your change in 
what you were putting in your body, not just the food, but the Adderall and the drugs and stuff, um, that that you were able to look at that for what it was and realize that, no, this is not a permanent situation. I am, as you said, detoxing. Um, and you stuck with it, and you you found something to land on that, that is going to work with you long term. I mean, that's that's very inspiring. Yeah, so, thanks. Stacey, I think how quick was your change? Were you close you know, to an overnighter? Maybe a more gradual approach is, is is better, more sustainable. But I think that if you're the type of person that is all in, like I I I have maybe not a great tolerance for discomfort, but I have a very <laughs> high tolerance for pain. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, I, I just does. felt like I just knew on some level that that the pain was was making me better and that there it was going it was not permanent and you know at the other end there was going to be uh, a payoff and so that to a degree some of it was selfish there's a little bit of vanity in there you know i i you know wanted to i didn't want to gain all this weight you know from like get, you know getting off the stimulants um the other thing that was helpful about it was you know i had a very old friend that was doing it at the same time you know my friend eric who I, you know i've known him since i was four years old and so we, it's good to have a buddy, you know. And so you, you know, we would, we were constantly texting each other about how good we were feeling after, you know, I can't believe this, you know. But initially, we're, I was texting him like, I feel terrible. What's, what's going on? Are you sure this is, uh, you know, sure this is the way to go? And he's like, Yeah, believe me, you'll be fine. It's just, just temporary. So, um, you know, it, it is important to sort of be see the big picture when you make a big switch like this. I think. You know, I I do have uh, a personal anecdote to share with you, but I think Victoria was trying to say something. Oh, no, I was just going to ask if you were a quick changeover or if you, you were a gradual vegan. Oh, I myself. <laughs> well, yes and no. Um, so, Dan, my experience um, in cutting out meat anyway, cutting out all animal flesh, uh, was absolutely a going cold tofu kind of situation um, where I just stopped eating all animal muscle tissue. And I, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was an undergraduate at UC Santa Cruz, which is a very hilly campus. Um, and it, it, you have to really exercise to get from class to class. And within two weeks of cutting out all meat, fish, chicken, cows, pigs, all that, um, I found myself so much more energetic. I was just bounding across campus, going from class to class, and I had so much energy. And my essays that I was writing were so much more astute and so much better written and I was sleeping better. I mean, the whole gamut. It just, it was a massive improvement. Now, I will say, Victoria, I apologize for this, that I wasn't a vegan at that time. I had I had become a vegetarian. And I, I don't like eggs. Um, and so I wasn't doing eggs, but I was still doing dairy. And this was back in 1987, and it took me until, well, honestly, it was meeting the Oko Shinner. 
in the early aughts that turned me into a, a vegan. Well, meeting Miyoko um, Shinner is kind of a miracle in the life of anybody. Stacy, bless yeah, your yeah. heart. Thanks so much for calling in. Have a hey, fabulous you, rest of this you, day. Dad. Well done, you. Yeah, All righty. Thank Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So, Dan, I believe it's, it's just you and me again. Thanks again to Stacy. That was very nice. So I wanted to ask you, Dan, what about your friends and your family? I mean, you had been doing the American dream thing, and that doesn't have a whole lot of broccoli in it. Yeah. I mean, I think at first, um, I have to say my friends have been so supportive. Uh, um, you know, when, when I first made the switch and I started feeling – Stacey described like, you know, really, really, uh, you know, energetic and you start feeling great. You, you sort of have this huge urge, you know, sort of, you have a huge urge to proselytize because you, you, it's like you've seen the light and you want everybody to feel this way. And, um, you know, even to the point where you start seeing people on the street and you want to stop them and say, you know, you can be better. It doesn't have to be like this. But, you know, I, I really didn't want to be a, a preachy vegan um, so I, I was holding back as much as I could, but, uh, you know, in retrospect, people say, yeah, you were, you were a little bit, you know, pushing it, but you weren't like annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, um, people have just been extremely supportive and, um, just in the past couple of years, uh, I've just like past year and a half, I've had two friends, other good friends switch hundred percent plant-based. And it wasn't because uh, of anything I said to them, maybe a couple things here and there, but it was more just because they just saw the results. You know, they're just like seeing, you know, how much I'm thriving physically, emotionally. You know, it's not just physically, but like my mood is better. I'm much more, I feel like I'm kinder, less abrasive, less, you know, combative. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so I've had, I've had two friends um, just go, go full on plant-based and they're, they're loving it too, and now they're the ones trying to, you know, preaching to everybody, and I'm the one trying to, like, you know, keep them uh, keep them at bay because that's no way to, to uh, you know, change anybody's mind. You know, the best way to to change people's mind is to just be an example. Um, so exactly, but you know, I wonder if it's like adolescents going through rebellion. As new vegans, we all go through the proselytizing stage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it there's there's no way yeah. around it. it. It's a phase. So when well, when what, you talk to people now, Dan, if if you wanted to give a piece of advice to somebody thinking of of switching to a healthy plant based diet, what what would that advice be? Uh, I would just say uh, that you can do this. You can do it. Um, it's it's not going to be the same for everybody. For for some people, it's, you know, they want to go all in, and other people, you know, again, a gradual approach might be a better uh, strategy. But that just you know, it's it's you can do this. It's not easy, but it's very simple, and you just have to be willing to uh, know. You have to have it in your mind that there's going to be a withdrawal period that will be uncomfortable. You have cravings. Um, and, you know, you, you might not feel great, but that on the other end, there is a huge payoff that transcends just not just health, but, uh, you know, your mental, uh, the way you see the world, uh, your, your emotional well-being, um, 
and you know, it's just uh, in, in every way, uh, my life has become better, and it's and, and it's there for anybody to to take if they just were willing to um, endure a little bit of discomfort for a while. And I wonder if if the overnight approach, you know, you mentioned being a type A personality and that helped you have your uh, success in the financial world. I wonder if maybe that personality is the kind that can go successfully cold tofu. I think think it might be. I think that um, for me, like, uh, I know that if it's, once it becomes a challenge and I can do it, uh, so... um, I think the fact that it was looked like it was really hard to do made me gave me enough juice to want to sort of do it. But whereas if it was just sort of um, a slow immersion, it just kind of doesn't do it for me. It's sort of boring, and then I, I get disinterested and I just forget about it and go back to my regular habits. So I do think that for certain personalities, maybe uh, it's actually um, more conducive to just dive in. Yeah. And just real quick, can you answer this in under 60 seconds? You decided to become a lifeguard at 50? Oh, yeah. I um there's a shortage of lifeguards all over Long Island, actually every everywhere except for my little community on Fire Island, but but uh I just it, it was sort of like the marathon. I just um you know a lot of races were canceled because of the pandemic and I just wanted to it's something I'd always wanted to do. I'd always hung out with the lifeguards and and surfed with them and whatnot, but I never thought that I would, you know, had the, uh, maybe the, uh, you know, the swimming ability to, to pass. So anyway, I just, um, yeah, I did this class. It was like a, a month-long class, and, uh, you know, the average age in the class was like 18, and everybody thought I was crazy, uh, but within a week, they saw that I was keeping up, and, um, you know, it's it, the test is brutal. It's two hours with no wetsuit and 59-degree water, in and out, in and out, doing rescues. Then you've got to run half a mile and swim half a mile without breaking stroke. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But, um, you know, I did it. I passed on the first try, and I made some new friends. And it was just like one more thing that I thought I was never going to be able to do that I'm able to do because of the plant-based diet. I mean, my recovery time was like lightning fast, and I was just hanging with these 18-year-olds on the swim team like no problem. So... Um, that's just another uh, another big uh, check mark in favor of, of the plant-based diet. That is so cool. So everybody, if you want to get to know Dan better, he's on Instagram at Dan O. Sherman, and I'll put the information for both of today's guests on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. And whether you changed overnight or whether it took you a while or whether you're in process or just looking at this incredible way of life, um, stay with it because you're going to do great good in the world for yourself and for others as a result. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, very special program, Ivana Lynch of the Harry Potter movies with her new memoir, the opposite of butterfly hunting. So don't miss that one. In the meantime, God bless you. Eat your veggies.
Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.